The one whom we praise in the storm came to his disciples on the evening of that first day of the week. And the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jews. Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Easter. Because of Easter, we indeed have a new life, and that's our overall theme for the coming Sundays. It's a new life. This morning, peaceful. Peace. It is, is it the absence of or being filled with? Is it the absence of trouble and turmoil and bills? Are being filled with what brings us joy, contentment, and security? The most correct answer, of course, is both. <laughs> but seldom do we have both this side of heaven. So it's good for us to be here. That's our common experience. It's good to be back after a week. A week from when we had the thrills and joys of celebrating Easter again and Jesus' resurrection. And a week after, some were away from their normal activities. We come and hear what the disciples heard on that first Easter evening. Disciples who were living in a dangerous and unsettling world. They heard Jesus' words say, Peace. The evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. You know, in life, timing is everything. Last week, we dressed up for Easter, joined together here or some other church and had a wonderful worship service, praising Jesus and glorifying in that resurrection. And then, at least here, we, we joined with our worshipers and had a wonderful brunch. Perhaps in the afternoon, gathering together with family or friends to the evening hours. What a glorious day it was. Not so with the first disciples. Oh, indeed, they were gathered together with friends and the other disciples. And they heard that same good news that Jesus was alive, he has risen, he has risen indeed. Some of them even saw the risen Jesus. But they found little comfort and no peace. They were in an upper room, locked. Hiding. Why? Well, they were living in a dangerous world. The world in which the leaders, at least the religious leaders at that time, killed their Lord and Savior. And how did they know the same thing wouldn't happen to them? Or maybe uh, at least being chased or arrested, beaten up, imprisoned for a while, if not crucified. 
So, so even though they heard that unbelievable good news that their Lord and Savior, the one they followed and dearly loved, was alive, that was overshadowed with fear. How sad, isn't it? That the greatest miracle of all time, the greatest event that had ever happened, God came and took on human flesh, lived a perfect life, and after that, suffered and died to pay for sins and now was alive, assuring us that they had that forgiveness of sins. And all they could do was be afraid. Hide amongst themselves in a locked room. It would be like winning the Mega Million Lottery from a ticket, of course, that someone gave you because we, we wouldn't buy a ticket in the lottery. But you had that winning ticket, but you were so afraid to go out that it did you no good. And you received none of its blessings. But then a, a friend, a friend heard about it, who happens to be a Santa Cruz police officer, and comes by and said, Don't be afraid. I'll take care of you. I'll protect you. It's going to be all right. See, Jesus, the ultimate protector, the ultimate keeper of true peace, came on that Easter evening to a group of disciples that needed assurance that everything was all right. We need that also, right? We need to be reminded, those of us who live in this world, this troubled world, this difficult world, this hurting world at times, that everything is all right and going to be all right because of Jesus. Notice he didn't just text them or tweet them or give a message on Facebook. He came to them face to face. And he showed them something. He said, Shalom Lakem, which he in Hebrew means peace be with you. Peace. We use that word, but not always as that kind of a greeting. Sometimes we put a question mark after, right? Peace? Peace in my life? No. <laughs> don't have it. Because you don't know where to get it. Or peace, kind of like a, a white flag that we, we put up in front of someone family member or neighbor or somebody that we got in this, this fight with, maybe that, that hurtful words were shared. And we say, you know, we want peace. We want peace. And after a good amount of I'm sorry's and please forgive me, we gain some sort of temporary peace. Peace be with you. For Jesus and his followers then and now, the right words change everything. Change everything when it's Jesus who says them. 
peace be with you. How is that possible? I'm sure the disciples wondered that. And when you wonder that, know that you can have peace because Jesus' body shows peace. After he said this, peace be with you, he showed them his hands and his side. Showed them his hands and his side. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. What's so special about his body? Well, for one thing, it is no longer in the grave. It is alive. And those who had seen Jesus earlier that day had not seen some spirit that just took on what looked like a, a human body. It was Jesus, that same body that was nailed to the cross. How did they know that? Just look at his hands. Those hands that were nailed to the cross, not because of anything that they had done, but because of the things that Jesus' disciples had done, then and now and everyone else. Look at his side. See where the sword had pierced it? Because he was already dead. The marks in his feet. Why show them? Well, so that they could be reminded of, of the suffering that Jesus did on the cross. So that they could be reminded that the suffering was over. That he had won victory on the cross. They had nothing to fear. Not from Satan, not from a righteous God, not from a wicked world. No, and surely not from the leaders of the Jews. The marks were marks of victory. The mark, there were battle marks that said, Jesus has won, it's all done. Do not fear. I am alive and I'm with you. And I bring you a message of peace. They needed it. <laughs> and so do we. Peace be with you. Peace to your heart that's unsettled. Peace to your life in this world. Jesus had no need for a manicure or a pedicure. He's not going to change those, what some might see as defects. No. Marks of honor, marks of victory, marks of assurance. The Jesus that we will see as believers after we pass from this world will have those marks. I think we'd recognize them anyway. But when we see those marks, won't they be a reason to find joy, a reminder of how much he loves us and what he was willing to do for us and his care and protection of us? Not only in heaven, here. See, that is why the Holy Spirit can take these words, Shalom Lakem, peace be with you, and actually bring to us what they say. Peace be with you. This week after Easter, 
and every day after Easter. Dear friends, receive from him what the words say. Peace, true and lasting peace be with you. Be assured of that. And also be assured of that for our communicants when you come and kneel before the altar and receive Christ's true body and blood. What is he saying? He's saying, peace be with you. Your sins are forgiven. Punishment, all done. Heaven is yours. I'll be with you always. I want you to know that. So take and eat. Take and drink. Then be prepared for his second peace be with you. Jesus sent his disciples to share peace. Again, Jesus said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. See, Jesus came, took on human flesh, and took on all that had happened to him because that was the plan. That was his father sent him to do. And he did it, and he did it perfectly. It's accomplished. And as that father sent Jesus to carry out that part of the plan, so he sends his disciples, then and now. Because truly what Jesus needed to do was finished. But those who, who had a desire and a need for that peace would come after. And they still come today. So he says, peace be with you a second time. Why? Oh, maybe some of the disciples were so, so shocked by seeing Jesus that they didn't even hear the words he said. But I think it's more than that. I think that Jesus wanted them to realize that this peace was not only for them, but for those people that they would come in contact with as his disciples. Peace be with you are words we can never hear too much. But this greeting seems to be more than just peace be with you. There are words to take with you. Again, Jesus said, peace be with you, as a father has sent me, I am sending you. See, there is a world out there, including those who crucified Jesus, that desperately need to know him, to know who he is and what he has done. There is truth in that bumper sticker. You've seen it. It says, No Jesus, no peace. Yeah, like this? Or I know, a rather large card beyond it. Right? If we know Jesus, know who he is, and believe in him and trust in him, then we will know sure and certain peace. But the bumper sticker goes on, right? You know what that says? I mean, it, it sounds the same, right? But the meaning is completely different. If there is no Jesus, there is no peace. 
See, you know and believe in Jesus. There are many that do not. You know some of those people that do not know him and do not believe in him and do not have peace and cannot have peace. Maybe it's a family member. Or a neighbor. A co-worker. Or maybe it's somebody that God has planned to bring into your life. What are you going to do with the peace that you know and you have and Jesus has given you the opportunity to share? Maybe you're afraid. Maybe you're afraid to share this Jesus that brings you peace. I mean, maybe you tried it in the past and it didn't turn out too well. Indeed, we, we are sometimes reluctant. But it's not too late to invite people to Easter. Okay, so Easter was last Sunday. We celebrate Easter every Sunday, right? We celebrate a living Lord, a reigning Lord, and a returning Lord. And when Jesus returns, it's going to be too late for those people who do not know Jesus as Lord and Savior. Perhaps the Holy Spirit has put that burden on your heart for someone. Are we all of a sinful nature, right, that's reluctant to, to get out and, and do those kinds of things and talk to others? And we have a, a Satan that's there saying, nah, don't do it, it's a waste of time. You know, you only cause family problems by doing that. So after offering and giving peace, Jesus empowers his followers to proclaim that peace. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone his sins, they are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Jesus gave his fearful disciples no less than the Holy Spirit. God himself. Wow. Now they and we have godly power. Don't know what words to say? Come on. You got the Holy Spirit. He knows the words. He'll help you with the words. Oh, yes, it's helpful to, to have memorized some Bible passages. But what's important is you share what God says in his word, what it means, and how it helps, and how it forgives, and how it gives life. It's useful to, to read your Bible, to go to a Bible class here at, at church or go to a small group Bible study, right? So that the words of God and of Jesus can be fresh in your mind and on your tongue when God gives you that opportunity to share peace and hope with those who desperately need it. Dear friends, don't let groundless fears keep you from those wonderful words. Shalom lakem, peace be with you. Shared to someone who is living in an unsettled and disturbed and hurtful life. Who are those people? 
Well, the human need is the same. All people need to have their guilt and their sin taken away and the punishment that goes with that. How do we know that? Because the Bible clearly says, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That concludes us, that includes everyone. But it doesn't end there. It goes on to tell us that all have been justified, declared not guilty through faith in Jesus Christ. Are there some people in your life that need to hear that? Some people who have fallen short of the glory of God and don't realize it. Or are living in unrepentant sin and thinking that it's okay. It's not okay with God. Someone needs to tell them that they're playing with fire, the eternal fires of hell. And perhaps... That someone is you. Perhaps God is going to use you to share the good news of what Jesus has accomplished, to share with someone else what you have in your heart, what you believe and what you trust in, the source of your peace. Before that, of course, we need to fall on our own knees. We need to fall on our knees and confess to our God and Savior our sins and our shortcomings and be assured of that forgiveness and pray that we don't come with a haughty and prideful manner, but with a loving, caring manner to share with someone who does not know peace and needs to hear about Jesus. We need to remind them that they have a loving God who wants to take those sins away and calls them to repentance. And then we can have the privilege of sharing that good news humbly prepared by Jesus and empowered to do that. If you forgive anyone his sins, they are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. What a privilege we have been given to speak those words of peace. And how marvelous it will be in heaven when those people come up to us and say, thank you for sharing that word of peace from Jesus with me, I will be eternally grateful. In closing, listen to these peaceful words that Jesus shared with his disciples and shared for us in John chapter 14, verse 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give as the world gives, do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not be afraid. Amen.